please join me in the prayer for illumination. Let us pray. Giving God your word, O Lord, is sweeter than honey and more precious than gold. Inspire us through the reading by your Holy Spirit and lead us to the treasure of your will for our lives. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. The scripture today comes from Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. Hear these words. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. It is, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds in the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more of value than they? And can any of you, by worrying about a single hour to your lifespan, and why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow, is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, ye of little faith? Therefore, do not worry about saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things, and indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for your kingdom of God, and it is righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Um, I just want to uh, apologize here really quick. I'm, I'm finishing out my card. I'm, I, I would say, um, you know, in the past, um, Amy's really filled this out. And um, the stewardship team's idea that um, everybody fill one out, it, it caught me off guard. I don't know. Did it catch you off guard as well? I, I got mine um, back on the credenza. So, like, I hope, hope you have too, right? <laughs> There'll be an opportunity for you to bring them up front um, here during the offertory. And so um, excited. I have to tell you that getting Grace to fill one out was really a challenge, right? This whole idea of, um, you know, giving our kids a chance to express uh, one of these keystone habits, these opportunities uh, to grow in their faith. So uh, forgive me. I, I just hadn't gotten it done yet. I don't know about you, but I needed to do it right then. You know, um, there is uh, a plague in the United States. There's a plague in the United States, a disease that has affected one out of every eight people. I mean, if you were to gather all these folk together, you, they would be equal to the population of California. There's a plague, a, a disease, a, an epidemic, if you will, and it's really easy to describe. There are 40 million people in the U.S. today, 
One out of every eight that suffer from some form of an anxiety disorder. Now, now some of you say, oh, that's, that's not me, that's somebody else, but uh, have you ever been so worried that your stomach has gotten upset? Have you ever been so anxious about what might or might not happen in the next day uh, that you've lost sleep over it? Have you ever had a hard time concentrating because those weather casters keep on talking about the cone of probability as a hurricane comes closer? Yeah, yeah, I can, I can hear you nodding inside your head. Right. Um, and that's not, you know, to talk about the DSM and the guidelines around anxiety disorders and what psychologists would uh, determine as a disorder or not doesn't even include the rest of us who have occasional moments of panic, maybe right before heading off to your parents for Thanksgiving or uh, before your in-laws come for Christmas. Right, there are those moments of anxiety and worry. I was amazed to think that 40 million people, um, okay, let me catch up with my slides. 40 million people are living in an age of anxiety. Whether you worry about, um, <laughs> I really kind of jumped all my slides, look at that. Yeah, keep on going, this is good. There we go, there's California, there's that one too. Um, I, I wanna say that, that uh, whether you worry about work, whether you worry about retirement, whether you worry about a diagnosis or a disease or a remission, whether you worry about what's gonna happen maybe when someone dies, or maybe you worry about um, how the house is gonna get paid, maybe you worry about um, what the world is gonna look like, maybe you worry about uh, terrorism, maybe you worry about a wall, maybe you worry about who knows, fill in the blank. We live in an age of anxiety. And I'm not so sure that social media helps us. It kind of feeds our uh, worst natures, but then it also allows us to uh, share and help out and to share our better natures. It's a strange world that we live in uh, where anxiety tends to be the flavor of everything. Some of y'all know that I'm uh, involved in uh, Grace's school. We'd started a private Christian school when Grace was about in the sixth grade. Um, And I was amazed to find out last week that uh, there was a kid who'd gone home uh, out of sheer anxiety, had two tests and a project later on in the week. And I thought to myself, I'd have sermons that would have given me that kind of anxiety. I didn't know I got to go home because of it, right? That this power of anxiety... Now, um, having dabbled a little bit in counseling and psychotherapy um, on both sides of the couch, both in the giving and in the receiving of therapy, I know the power of music. Do, do you know the power of music to just change your mood at the moment? You put on the right song with the right beat, all of a sudden you'll find yourself um, uh, smiling. You, you'll remember back to another time. Um, they say that music is... Uh, Second only to the power of smell to bring you back to a particular memory in life. But the power of music uh, really could be therapeutic to our lives. Now, now there's a couple of songs that um, if you haven't been living under a rock, you might say, wow, those are great opportunities to talk about worry and about how uh, we might not be anxious. Um, For some of your generation, uh, the Beach Boys, Don't Worry Baby, right? That would work, maybe. Uh, For those of you who have traveled to the Caribbean, uh, there's a Bob Marley song that would work. 
three little birds, right? I think longevity plays that occasionally. But the one that really speaks to me um, is Bobby McFerrin. Don't worry, be happy, right? We all I gotta do is hear that whistle. Kind of remember the smile on his face. To realize that the whole song doesn't include any instruments at all. This was the sleeper hit of its year. Bobby McFerrin got Grammys for this song. Up until this point, um, McFerrin, who'd come from a, uh, a pretty royal uh, lineage of music uh, ability, he was still doing gig work and uh, playing instruments at weddings. What's beautiful about this song is that it has blues written into it. If you're, uh, let's see, the landlord says my rent is late. Right, these are moments of blues. But he continues to say, don't worry, be happy. Is your foot tapping? Are you thinking the lyrics in your head? Or maybe it's too quiet for you to hear it. Maybe turn it up just a little bit more. No place to lay your head. Somebody came and took your bed. Don't worry. Be happy. The landlord say your rent is late. He may have to litigate. Don't worry. <laughs> Be happy. All right, Jake. I wonder what songs work for you. What changes your mood? What is that opportunity to begin to not worry anymore? Uh, today we read scripture and Jesus has his own don't worry song. Uh, much like Marley and McFerrin, much like the Beach Boys, uh, his um, don't worry song uh, was sung on top of a hill, speaking to people gathered around him in the Sermon on the Mount, where he talked about not worrying about uh, what you'll wear or what you'll eat, uh, remembering that worry does not add a day to your life. Remembering that God clothes the uh, birds of the air and the grasses and flowers of the field, and they are gone tomorrow, just here for a moment. And it's amazing, uh, this kind of anti-anxiety song that Jesus speaks from the Sermon on the Mount. This reminder that worry can be uh, not just um, distracting, but the worry can hurt our hearts. Remember, we've been talking throughout this series about what Jesus is most concerned about is our hearts. That, that it's easy for us to think that Jesus is more interested in whether we do right or wrong, that Jesus is more interested in what we do with our wallet or our bank account. It's easy to think that Jesus is up here looking down, wondering when we're gonna make a mistake again so he can revoke our clearance to heaven and send us to a much warmer place. But Jesus is most interested in our hearts. It's the reason why he says don't serve two masters because our hearts will be ripped apart. It's the reason why uh, he says um, to not worry about tomorrow because it will hurt our hearts. Jesus wants our hearts to be whole. He, he wants us to um, allow our worries to go. 
don't know about you, but worry can uh, raise your blood pressure. It can quicken your heart rate. Um, it can give you a headache. It can um, allow. Uh, it can create an ulcer. There are all these physical manifestations of a very psychological heart problem called worry. Um, what Jesus wants is for us to sing that Don't Worry song, maybe not as good as Bobby McFerrin does it, but to do it in such a way that we might allow our worries to pass away. Now, how many of you are thinking in your heads, that's easier said than done than pre preacher? Yeah, sure, we're gonna let our worries go, but that seems to be a hard leap to make. Well, I think um, God has a different perspective on our lives. And God has clear direction for us in the midst of uh, our uh, lives. That clear direction has to do with not focusing on what we think we need or we worry that we'll lose or how we'll cope in the future. Rather, I think what Jesus wants us to think about is how we're grateful for what we have. When we think about uh, God's perspective on our lives, I think it could be summed up by a refrigerator magnet that my mother had on our home refrigerator uh, when I was growing up. It was a woman that, um, you know, had her, her hair was all messed up and she clearly was having a bad day. And the words around it said, um, I must be something because God don't make no junk. I must be something because God don't make no junk. This is why my grammar stinks, is because I had refrigerator magnets like that in my life. But what that says is that God's perspective on us is not that we are less than, or that we are imposters, or that we don't measure up, but rather that we are God's treasure. That when God thinks about us, God smiles. That when God thinks about who you are and what you've done, what rises to the top is not the things that you've not been able to accomplish, but the fact that you are God's adopted son or daughter, that you are loved, that you are cherished. You, you see, God's perspective on what is valuable is you and your heart. And so the clear direction on how to allow our worry to disappear, to allow uh, God to take care of those worries, has a lot to do with being thankful for what we have. If you've had an opportunity to think about gratitude or to learn about it, just the simple act of writing down three things at the end of the day that you are grateful for can have an amazing psychological benefit for you. That oftentimes between exercise and between relaxation and then gratitude, uh, some very simple and uh, low-level anxiety can be taken care of. You see, worry focuses on what we don't have, Gratitude focuses on what we do have. Worry makes us uh, work harder, longer, and have less boundaries. Gratitude allows us to stop and to name the good things in our lives. You see, this clear direction from God, this uh, clear um, uh, dealing with Jesus' Don't Worry song, allows us to begin to live into the fact that Jesus says, who among you, by worrying, can add a single moment to your life? We don't gain anything by worrying, but when we begin to be gracious and grateful for what we have, we begin to see the diamonds in the rough that are all around us. 
The beauty of music during worship, the beauty of having children among us in worship, the, the, the beauty of this sanctuary and what it has mean, meant uh, to this congregation over the different years. It is amazing when we begin naming the things we're grateful for. All of a sudden, we don't have to worry about how little we might make or what our retirement might look like because it was a cool morning this morning. And that's something to be grateful for if you live on the coast in Texas. Do you see the power of gratitude and how it ties us in to the practical wisdom of the Sermon on the Mount? That when we begin redirecting the energy that we have invested in anxiety and worry, we find that we have an opportunity to be more fully what God's created us to be. I want to uh, encourage you uh, to think about how you might offer up to God your anxieties. And one way to do that is just to be grateful for what you have. And I honestly believe uh, that, um, that the commitment card um, is an opportunity, right, uh, to pray more often, to worship more often, to be able to fall in love with the Bible again, and then to be able to be part of a grow group as they travel together in worship, study, and prayer. Notice I haven't even talked about uh, the financial giving. I really do believe that financial giving is something, something that comes along a little bit later as we begin to mature in our gratitude, as we begin to name the good things that are around us. I, I have a problem with pastors who hit up new members immediately uh, with a commitment card. Because sometimes I think we have to fall in love with God, fall in love with a church before we realize the importance of committing to that church. Today, we're going to um, give you an opportunity uh, to, to bring your gift to the altar. We've got a basket here during the offertory time. Uh, the ushers are going to invite you to come up. Um, you can uh, place your commitment card. Uh, you can do what I do. Um, I have just a little expectation of privacy, and so I fold mine in half. And then when I'm invited to come up, I'll place it in the basket. Now, Amy will be coming later, and she'll bring our uh, financial offering, um, and sh she'll have an opportunity to put it in here as well. Now, let's say you came, it was a difficult morning, you were trying to get everything done, and the commitment card hadn't been finished, uh, or maybe you even left your offering at the house. It's fine. You have yourself, and remember that that is a treasure that you can give, a, a chance to offer yourselves uh, to God. And so if uh, today you don't have anything to put into the basket, don't be uh, worried. Uh, don't uh, be afraid of coming up. There's an opportunity to just kneel at the altar uh, and to pray and to give thanks. Oftentimes we wonder what in the world do people pray about here at the uh, altar rail? I'll be honest with you, when I was a kid, uh, I, would I would kneel at the altar rail unaware of what to say or pray, but I would stay there long enough until the person next to me had moved, and then I would get up. I have to believe that there are some people that are adults who are still figuring out what to do at the altar rail. And if so, it's okay, because that's one of those strange things that no one tells you exactly what to do at the altar rail. And so let me give you some instructions today. Just take an opportunity to kneel and to name three things that you're grateful for. 
That, that you could say, God, thank you. Thank you for the weather outside. Thank you for the job that I have. Thank you for the house that I live in. Thank you for the family that I've got. Thank you for the forgiveness of my sins and your desire for my heart to be whole. I think just right there, you're onto something. You've given a great gift to God. And even with that, you didn't have to fill out a commitment card. And so I encourage you to live into the music of Jesus' own Don't Worry song, to see the perspective that God has on us, that we are treasures, and to live into the practical wisdom of fighting our anxieties with the power of gratitude. And then do something about it. Bring something uh, as a gift to God. If you are not a fan of walking up during worship, great. I'm not trying to pry you out of your seat. But this week, give God a gift. A gift of yourself. A gift of your time. A gift of your talent. And maybe even a gift of your treasure. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.